What's up? Everyone can relax. Gambit has returned. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? <coughs> God damn Canadian wildfires. Uh, yeah, so we got the we got the, the Canadian wildfire treatment the last few days here. Um, you couldn't see the skyline uh, downtown. Uh, I think I, I shared a picture of, you, of that with you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I, got, I, I woke up. Couple days ago, and I could see there was an air quality alert on my phone. I'm like, oh, okay. So usually, whenever there's like a weather thing happening, and you know, the first thing I'll do before I, you know, drag my ass out of bed, is I'll hop on the uh, Chicago Field Museum's live cam. They have a live cam that like covers like the whole downtown skyline, and every five minutes or so, they'll kind of change angle a little bit so you can kind of see different different sections. And it looked like the Blade Runner shit. It looked like the mm-hmm. fucking Blade Runner 2049, the way that, that New York City looked only. You know, that was all orange color. Not even. Yeah. Yeah. That was like all orange color because there was still enough sunlight to, you know, cut through it to to turn the sky orange. But here it was so thick that the sun was just blotted out. Right. Like the the sun literally disappeared an hour before sunset and there was not a cloud in the sky. Hmm. That's how thick it was. Um, People were walking around with their fucking uh, covid masks on outside. Uh, The the few people that were outside that I saw, I walked to the store and, and came back, you know, about five minutes later. Uh, I had a mask on um, yesterday. I didn't because it was starting to clear up a little bit and, and we finally got some rain uh, and that that totally cleared out the rest of it uh, for the most part. But we were at we were at a um, the air quality index. Um, it goes the the second worst one is very unhealthy. Right. And beyond that, the only one higher than very unhealthy is hazardous, which is like a public emergency, basically. Um, we had an AQI of, I think, 261, 261 parts per million of, which above 200 is like hazardous, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, above 200 is, is very unhealthy to all people, not just people with respiratory shit. Right. Right. So yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot of wildfire smoke. And because of that. All day yesterday, I had the fucking Yacht Rock Ballad Wildfire by Michael Murphy stuck in my head all day. You know that one? 
I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. I if it, I've heard it, it was on like every light rock radio station for like the last thirty years. Uh, Michael McDonald's just you know baked into the into the you know elevator you know department. Well, this store. was not Michael McDonald. Michael Murphy. He was just kind oh, of Michael Murphy. one hit wonder. Yeah, I mean, if it was Michael McDonald, I would just sing it for you because that was Michael McDonald in Doobie Brothers were like my favorite thing to do karaoke for for a long time. I yeah. have a video of karaoke bar in a long time, but when I did. Dirty work was my go-to. I'll just say that. <laughs> so. Nice, nice. Yeah, but um, I, I was actually wondering, like, I wonder if anyone's ever, like, you know, like the, the ridiculous shit that people sue for or, tr- yeah. or try to sue things for. I wonder if anyone's ever tried to sue a genre of music before. Like, like I love me some honky tonk, but Torch and Twang belongs in the fires of hell. <laughs> just yeah, like for whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. how do I do that? Who do I? Who do I have to sue? to sue a genre of music and like I'm sure a judge had to look at it and just like put their head in their hand and just <sighs> take a long sigh and have to look up and explain def- <laughs> why you- I've definitely heard this song by the way yeah no, I, I was just playing it in the background yeah it was everywhere because I I mean I was a little kid back when they first invented light rock radio. So it was like all of the songs from the seventies, you know, cause you didn't really, they weren't really making light rock in the early eighties. Right. They were doing Michael Jackson and talking heads and everything. So like they had to pull all their tracks from the late sixties or the seventies. So I, I feel like right. musically I was raised in the, with like with like the worst AOR fucking yeah. smooth rock from the seventies. <laughs> I hate it. Some of it's good though, you know. It's like it, it, it's you know. It's it, good. You we gotta, don't have to hear it, it every day. Yeah. No, right. It wait, you know, but that's the kind of shit you hear everywhere because it's just non. Um, every, every every offensive yeah. oral. It's non orally offensive, so they'll just play it anywhere. You know, the, the lobby where, where of every dentist's office in the nation is where you're going to hear that track. Oh yeah, no. In New York, we had like Kiss FM and fucking. I think WPLJ was another one, and, and you know, even into the nineties, just AOR and like just light rock and like it just the fucking Ugh. the most you know <laughs> bland ass fucking music you'll ever hear in your the life. Worst, the worst. But yeah. Well, speaking of the worst, we should. Uh, last week we we almost our entire episode just dunked on these fucking morons who uh who imploded themselves at the bottom of the ocean uh trying to visit the titanic in a tin can uh i'm sorry in a carbon fiber can not in a tin can <laughs> yeah yeah well, uh, so we we went really heavy into detail and i've still been watching videos because every every fucking youtuber that does a thing a, a channel about ocean liners or boats or technology or like even i was i was watching a guy who does a uh, a podcast on body language he's a he's one of these body language experts right and he said that this this guy this uh Stockton Rush, which just sounds like a fucking fake name, like a goofy, just like fucking, you know, it, wearing an ascot, like like it's, just absurd. It's rich like uh, it's like Brock Landers from Boogie Nights or Brick Tamlin from Anchorman. Like it sounds like a name they made up for you know business purposes because it's like right. it's, you know one you know you have like a first or last name one syllable and then the next one has two syllables and you never break away from that that formula, right? Right. Um, basically saying like his, all of his body language conveyed impatience and self-doubt and overconfidence, like just ju- a guy completely obsessed with um, uh, what did my notes here say uh, basically narcissistic, uh, ugh, narcissistic personality disorder, obsessed with how he would be perceived 
personally by others, but not with the outcome of his actions, like mm-hmm. like classic sociopathic behavior. Right. Um, and it's it's hilarious because like the, I, I've been looking at like the schematics of this thing, right? And and they mentioned there was a toilet in the thing, right? But the thing is so fucking tiny. It's like it was basically just a toilet seat with like a little box under it. Right. Like, I don't know if you ever saw the fucking Mr. Show sketch where like it was a restaurant and they would like come in and put a little box under your seat so you could poop while you're at the table. It was like this, <laughs> no. this novel idea of like this really high end, fa- you know, fancy restaurant that they came up with. It was like that. And it was in the front of the submarine. And literally, like if the only way to look out the porthole, you had to crouch down and sit on the fucking toilet. There was, there's like no other way unless you were like laying down on the floor, which you couldn't do because there was all these other people taking up all the room. And even then you you like your face would be right in the fucking toilet. Right. right. So I see the schematic and they're like detailing all the, the just, you know, insane medieval torture design flaws of being crammed into this thing. And somebody wrote a little fucking haiku response to it. <laughs> and it just said the toilet, the panic, the view of the Titanic. <laughs> and apparently there was panic because i saw the wreckage they pulled up and part of the wreckage that was completely intact was the struts like the little you know on the bottom the thing's got little fucking struts on it and that was one of the things that they could jettison in order to rise really fast they also these like lead pipes on the outside of the thing so in the event that these sensors went off and said hey uh the carbon fiber is uh, delaminating. You need to get the fuck out of here. And, and we, we guessed that like, that would be instantaneous. If their alarm would go off and then it would be bam over. Apparently they were, they jettisoned the, you know, the, the landing gear in an attempt to go up as quick as possible. So they were panicking. Like they were trying to get out of there and failed. <laughs> so yeah, that, that makes the little toilet, the panic of you, the Titanic thing is even funnier because like <laughs> somebody could literally have been sitting on the toilet looking out the porthole to see the thing. And that's <laughs> when the alarm went off. I mean, it's it's just fucking hilarious. Also hilarious is the cable news is is just obsessed with the idea of human remains. And apparently they found some, quote unquote, human remains, which is like if you found anything intact, it would be like, you know, maybe a lead filling from a tooth. Right. Yeah. Or, or like some residue on the inside of a piece of metal they found, you know, they're like, but I, I don't understand why the, what this obsession is with with human remains being brought back to the family. Like what, what does, does the family need that? Does the family need, you know, here, here's a need this pile of goo that fucking is used to be their rich, you know, fucking is it a religious thing? Is it like a Catholic thing? Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure there's some element of that for most most people who most normies kind of like, you know, they like to have the, the physical remain. Like, I, I don't know. I, for me, I could, it's like, whatever, you know? And for the news to be so obsessed with this, it's like, I, do, do they, are they just catering to their audience of like 72 year old Christians who think finding a fragment of a jawbone is a ticket into the kingdom of heaven or something <laughs> like, is that yeah. like, like, Oh, if the body's not buried within a day, then the thing doesn't, the, purgatory or something i don't know it's hilarious yeah i'm sure like you know if you're if you're like super fucking nutso like religious and like superstitious it's like well we can't leave the even the remains even the liquefied remains at the bottom of the ocean because you know then it'll be harder for the for the, the body to ascend to heaven or whatever the fuck you know? i mean it, it's what uh, who knows whatever whatever was was liquefied is you know been <laughs> dispersed over 
hundreds of miles at this point. Oh no, any any organic matter has already been fucking fish food, you know, long long before you got down there. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's why I'm a little weird too about the people that are like, "Well, Titanic's a graveyard." I'm like, there's nothing left of the remains of those people either. It's just like a sentimental thing, I think. No, yeah. I mean, it's it's just we you know, it's like I, in general, I don't, I don't get the like the the want to like you know, actually travel down there in a little fucking can. Like, uh, you know, I, there's plenty of, you know, James Cameron himself has taken many fucking, you know, trips down there with, you know, much better cameras and sort of, you know, right. get a much better experience visually than you would even if you were physically I mean, near the Titanic in he this little fucking... made an Oscar-winning film so that no one has to go down there themselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the guy literally... And this is what's so hilarious to me is, you know, he, he is an expert... Uh, at diving he built his own sub he loves to talk about that but he's he's you know he kind of brags about it but like he actually did all this shit right right and and i i find it weird when people you know look at that and they mistake confidence and expertise with arrogance uh i I watched a clip of tyt against my better judgment just because you know it's like everyone's got to have an opinion about this and how terrible is tyt is gonna be and they didn't disappoint so uh jank basically um he called james cameron arrogant uh and i i just i can't agree with i couldn't disagree with that more because arrogant arrogance and patience are fundamentally incompatible i mean james cameron how many films do you make between titanic and avatar not a ton zero Um, Really? Zero. Because he wanted to make Avatar. Seven to 2000. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, that's true. Yeah, he waited over 10 years to make another movie because the technology didn't exist. That's patience. (laughs) That's like, I don't want to work on anything else except for this one thing, but I have to wait till the technology catches up. And and just, you know, arrogance begets impatience. Cameron wasn't arrogant about uh, Titan, the sub that, you know, that imploded. He was frustrated that the Ocean Gate CAO, uh, this, the Stockton Rush, Learn nothing from a t- Titanic, you know, <laughs> right. from, from the wreck itself or his movie that he made. <laughs> so, well, in all the interviews Cameron was doing, he wasn't like, "Oh, I've I've done it so much better and everything." He was like, he kept focusing on the fact that like this guy didn't learn, and he yep. and he tried to cut corners in a place that you cannot cut corners, you know. And and I I totally ab- agreed with everything I heard that james cameron had to say and then you know jenks like oh he's so arrogant you know even if he's right he's just arrogant like talk about projection there was one of his fucking donors on the sub so you know he's a little salty about it i'm sure <laughs> a little salty little pun there that's yeah. nice <laughs> we <laughs> actually uh religious. we had another another clip of jank here we wanted to, to get to um again just like the worst person the worst fucking worst person. person in the world yeah so let's let's go ahead and play that Okay, and that what I just saw with my own eyes is not an anecdote. You, the polling bears it out. Yeah, this is not a winning issue for us. It is what it is. You do what you want with that information. Well, the advocates and activists for the transgender community would respond with, "We don't care about the politics, right? We don't care." Okay, about but then they, but what, then don't come. No, 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 no. I gotta hold say, on. let me, let me okay. just finish my thought, Jake. For okay, one go second. ahead. Go okay, ahead. they'll say that, but okay, <laughs> you don't care about the politics. Let's just, for once in your life. Think strategically about what that means. That means that you're going to continue pushing the Democratic Party to unequivocally support everything that the trans activists want, even if it's unpopular among the electorate. 
That means they're not getting reelected. That means they're gonna lose to Republicans. Republican lawmakers who are passing draconian, disgusting legislation in various states right now as we speak against the transgender community. So how does that make you win exactly? No, that is incredibly selfish of activists who are betraying their own community. Because when you say I don't care about elections, who cares about the Democrats? That isn't the point. The Republicans introduced over 600 bills against the LGBTQ community. That's because of elections and over 70 of them have already passed. When you say I don't care about winning and I don't care about elections, what you're saying is I'm super selfish leftist activist and I'd like to build my cloud. But meanwhile, I'm willing to throw trans people and the entire LGBTQ community under the bus, knowing that these bills are gonna pass because we're laser focused on a losing issue. And by the way, you schmucks, you're falling exactly into the right wing trap. The Republicans, they tried everything. They tried anti-gay stuff, it didn't work. They tried trans bathrooms, you remember that? Mm-hmm. That didn't work. Trans kicking the transgender community out of the military, that didn't work. They drilled and drilled and drilled in until they finally found a little tiny nugget of like, hey, trans folks in like competitive sports seems a little bit much. And you don't engage them in that fight. They lose on everything else. But idiot activists, yes, I just called you an idiot. Activists go in there and go, no, I'm gonna fall right into that trap. Jesus Christ, he's just insufferable at this point. Like, how does anyone watch that show? I didn't realize that was that. I knew you sent me a clip of it. I thought it was more about the Titanic thing, but that's, I guess we were gonna talk about that anyway, so we can we could certainly transition into that. But um, Right, well, that's, you know, that that was the transition essentially. But yeah, so I, I guess the, the thing that he's hung up on is trans athletes because that he, he thinks that like the Republicans have finally found their wedge issue of all wedge issues. You know, like, right, which like, is like hilarious as if they don't find a different one every fucking election cycle. Exactly. Like, you know, like, every week there's a new one. <laughs> yeah, and like it's, multiple per cycle. And it's, you know, but he, he's, he cannot stand that there's people who have a political view or a social view that's to his left because he thinks he is, you know, the vanguard of of progressive well, politics, right? And, and and or the fact that I mean this and this is what what you know turned me off of that fucking garbage fucking network years ago, the fact that people just have principles and sometimes will say, yeah, I believe this thing and I understand it's not popular, but I don't give a fuck because my job is not to get these <laughs> fucking scumbag pricks that donate millions of dollars to your shitty fucking fledgling network uh to like me or to you know to to or to uh get elected like this is not my fucking job as a citizen with a with the right to vote like that's not my fucking job it's their job to reflect you know what i want as a voter and if what i want as a voter doesn't happen to align with any candidate then i guess i don't fucking vote for one of these shitty candidates like what do you uh this is really not that difficult what do you th- what do you think uh, Jake Unger would say to uh, John Brown in the eighteen uh, fifties? He probably would say what what fucking uh, what would Pete Buttigieg say about him? I don't know. Well, yeah, he's kind of a brutal guy. I don't know. He's a little, <laughs> he's a little extreme. You're hurting the party by trying to. Uh, you're right. You're no. You're hurting. You're hurting the cause. Revolt. You're hurting the cause by by being so so confrontational. You know. Never yeah. mind the fact that you you know 
literally, you know, and, help and kick off the Civil War you, and it, end this fucking nonsense. Yeah. Seriously. You know, and, and the sports thing, is that the biggest issue in the trans community? I know it's a issue, but is is that the fucking biggest issue? It's it's it's, it's just the Vogue issue at the moment. And right. it's one of those things where I think secretly, because, you know, Anna's already out herself as a complete fucking turf multiple times on the show. They agree with the Republican point of view, which is why they're fighting so vociferously to, to defend the right wing point of view and doing, you know, the wrong thing by, you know, supporting the conservative fucking orthodoxy on that. But by, you know, masking it with the veil of, well, you know, we don't believe they notice they never once come out in support of like, you know, trans fucking kids in, you know, the fucking volleyball, some bullshit sport that doesn't fucking matter that, you know, you're a high school you know, that is the entire fucking <laughs> right. personality right. of your, of the high school kid's parents uh, is how their kid does in a fucking sport. They're never going to play professionally. Uh, whether or not, like, that kid gets to fucking have, like, some sense of normalcy and play a fucking sport. Like, it, it, it's preposterous that they, that they fucking, like, Th- are there's caving all into sorts that sort of, of... You know, every sport's different. In every sport, there's, like, different weird fucking rules they have. We, we covered on this on the show one time when you weren't here and it was just me and Jules. Um, there was an Olympic athlete, a runner, right. who was a, a, a fucking cis woman. Born a woman, is a woman now. Oh, she had like elevated testosterone or whatever? Natural levels of elevated testosterone, right. still less than any man, but was disqualified because of like the natural chemicals in her body as a cis woman. Yeah, so right. there's all kinds of shit. I don't have a lot of opinion about sports anyway, because I, I just don't really give a shit about sports. It's not sports. And, right, and, that, I, and ultimately, it's like whatever, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's just not that big of a fucking issue. But, you know, when if you can't if you think that you're going to lose elections as a Democratic Party over this because you know that you're not going to fight for anything else anyone cares about, that's the tell. Right. If you're that worried, you're going to lose elections on this particular issue. You should ask yourself why you're so weak on every other issue that is popular with everybody. Right. right? Right. But I did see one tweet here that I thought was hilarious. Because apparently Lance Armstrong weighed in on this. And when I say I don't care about sports, that includes cycling as a sport. I could not care less about the Tour de France. I don't care about cyclocross. I don't give a shit about cycling as a competition. This does not interest me whatsoever. Even track racing. I'm just like, who cares? Someone's going to win. I won't know who it is. I don't give a shit. Um, So Lance Armstrong weighed in. And I don't even know what he fucking said, but it was terrible. Uh, basically said, you know, he was, he, he didn't like have an indictment, but he was like, you know, just basically questioning the, you know, is it really fair if, you know, trans athletes are allowed to compete in cycling? And somebody, somebody replied, if Lance Armstrong actually believed people were pretending to do to be trans to cheat at sports, he would have tried it already. (laughs) (laughs) Owned. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Like of all people, like the thing to tow the to put dip your toe back in the water with, fucking fairness in sports. Like of all fucking, like OJ Simpson, OJ Simpson, giving giving you fucking marriage counseling. Like it's just the most preposterous fucking thing you've ever heard of. What what was the somebody committed a crime that OJ weighed in on? What he thought about? (laughs) I can't remember who it was, but I know I can't either. It was so fucking funny, it, though. It was yeah, like, that, oh man, when you lose OJ, that's you're fucking done for on that. Yeah, one. yeah. No, he he's just yeah. No, I I just can't fucking. I, he, also, apparently, Lance Armstrong. He must be hurrying for money. That's why he's sort of like starting to, you know, poke his fucking head back out. Uh, which which is kind of funny <laughs> considering how much he fucking probably made. But gonna write a book and have a chapter called "If I Cheated." 
<laughs> Forward by OJ Simpson. Uh, he's also on that fucking. Um, I don't, have you seen the tr- that commercial for? Well, you, you don't have cable, right? You just stream your cord cutter or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I, I know those commercials. It's just I watch almost everything on my laptop. Um, that unless it's like a TV show or movie, and then I just stream right because yeah. he he's he's on some like like Fox show like fo- like network Fox show. It's called like. I think it's called like stars on Mars or some shit like that. And they're <laughs> like, I think they're like living in like a Martian simulate. Like, I don't know. It's like a biodome type thing where they're like living. Oh, man. And it's like a fucking, you know, like a B list celebrities, like, you know, VH one surreal life type show, but they're like living in a Mars environment and they're not allowed to go outside or they have to, they're like dead or whatever. Like I, it's, it seems really fucking shitty and lame and is stupid. Is he the host of it or is he just, he's, no, he's one of the, he's one of the people on it. He's oh. like one of the people. So you could tell how far his fucking stock has fallen. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You think he could just write another book, like I mentioned, but, but like who the, f- at this point, like, yeah, you know, it, he doesn't want to have to deal with the, the, the press sort of tour that he would no. have to do of like, you know, like, Hey, yeah, you, you're kind of famous for being like, one of the world's biggest cheaters and like squandering some of the you know most intense goodwill that any you know public I mean, figure ever had. He was and he was the most famous cyclist, you know, competitive cyclist in the world. Uh, but when when you win that many times in a row, people start to wonder, you know, because because there's a lot of younger guys every fucking year that enter right. that race, and you know, even even in the Olympics, like if you even go to the Olympics twice. That's incredible, <laughs> right? But, you know, and of course that's every four years, but still it's, you know, like to, to win the Tour de France seven times in a row. Yeah, you're, 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 you're doing something there. Yeah. But uh, let's uh, see, what else, what else do we have today? It's... So, well, oh, did you talk... see that? Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say we should talk about Biden a little bit because there's a couple things about him in the news right now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I had just a couple paragraphs here. Uh, anxiety mounts over Biden's early fundraising. <laughs> so <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. This, this is probably from Politico, I think. Uh, so this, this this is hilarious. Two people who sent out a flurry of invites for fundraising events in California this week said they received only single digit responses. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to RSVP to go see Joe Biden. They're afraid yeah. they're watching him physically fall on the ground. Apparently, um, just before he we went on air, by the way, he was doing some interview on a national cable show and he like sort of wandered off like while the cameras were still rolling before they threw to commercial. Like he just got up and like wandered off. <laughs> he like, does just, that. He does that a lot where he doesn't he, like he just doesn't know where which direction and... to go. Yeah. So in interviews, more than a dozen bundlers and donors across the country in recent weeks, uh, as well as late arriving pleas reviewed by West Wing Playbook. I don't know what that is. Uh, people have expressed nervousness that early fundraisers aren't delivering as they'd hoped. Biden is notoriously, <laughs> I love this, Biden is a notoriously poor fundraiser, <laughs> having struggled <laughs> with it during his prior presidential bids. But the good news is this time around, as he seeks to raise $2 billion this cycle, is that he has time and uh, little immediate need to spend. Not having a primary allows him to sock cash away for next year's bruising I mean, general election. He, he does have a primary. They're just pretending that he fucking doesn't, but, you know. Right, of course, of course. For all the good spin about uh, structure in place, a simple truth remains about the state of Biden's campaign coffers. His team isn't really giving a detailed picture of it. After its video launch, the campaign did not disclose how much it brought in from donors in the first 24 or 48 hours. 
<laughs> the first clear picture will come next month once its first quarterly FEC report is disclosed. So basically, like they have a like an official partnership with the DNC, and like they're just basically having the DNC run the campaign at this point. Like th- there is right. no Biden campaign to to speak of, right? And they're not making any money, so it's just like, hey, DNC, could you just kind of do our groundwork for us? Because and and apparently that's never been the way it actually runs before so they're just basically admitting they don't have a campaign of their own <laughs> which is hilarious because I, I he he could not be pulling worse right now for somebody who's running against somebody who hasn't even won a primary yet uh trump is beating him head to head in straight up general election polls which means that he's going to probably trounce him when you actually factor in the electoral college and the sort of natural you know sort of uh, unfair advantage that that gives republicans uh yeah, he's fucked. Like, they're, 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 he's got no juice whatsoever, and there's literally no way he's beating Trump if Trump is the one who ends up winning the primary, which is, I think, very likely. Well, and, you know, if anything, you'd think he would jettison Kamala or Kamala. I, they, he, well, I don't know. He still may, but I feel like that the, the bad will he'd get from her psycho fucking supporters, however, you know, few dozen of them are, are remaining. Like, I can only imagine the fucking vitriol that he would get. Well, and, and here's the irony is, is, you know, she's a liability, right? But right. the only person he could replace her with that would make her supporters happy would be Hillary Clinton. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Who's the biggest pol- political liability in American political history? I mean, you could not. You get, know, you know it, it would be, you know, and, it, and, and I'm sure there's some that like they've done. I'm sure they've done polling on it. I'm sure they've oh, yeah. done. You know, and it's 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 like I'm sure there's somebody out there, some consultant getting paid six figures that's like, do it, do it. We can beat Trump if you do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, 100 so, percent. Kamala uh, just got into the record books. So this is another little little bit of reading here, but I feel like it needs to get into the uh, the record. Uh, so this is from Breitbart, but they're quoting like external polls. So this is just like keep that, you know, grain of salt. Right. Kamala Harris plunges to record low for VP net favorability. <laughs> oh, that's, that's <laughs> promising. Just race to the bottom. She, she's a fucking imploded submarine. Kamala Harris entered the record books Monday when an NBC news poll reveals she is the most unpopular vice president in history. Oh, the poll. Sh- well, I'm uh, presuming since they had national polling. Right. 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 The, like, you know, 18, 1830s, they probably I gotta didn't. say, I'm sure that like they've had polling to some degree, even though the nation was much smaller, like since we started having presidents. So like I imagine I don't know how much scientific pretty far fucking back polling yeah, they yeah. add back in, you know, pre-industrial times. But, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, that, so I, this is a fun fact, like back when they first had the the, uh, the telegram, right. And like news would come into the telegram office and then it would be like shared and spread around the town. There would right. always be like a group of guys that would hang out just to find out what the news was. And then like feverishly debate it amongst themselves. <laughs> like literally, we've always had the Internet. <laughs> okay. We've always had fucking shit posters. They just used to, you know, do it to each other's face yeah, rather when, than when, anonymously. When they would just used to post bills in the town square, people gathered around to read what the news was for the day. And then they would all fucking fight amongst themselves about it. <laughs> so... <laughs> The poll is back to Kamala. The poll showed 49% of registered voters have a negative view of the 58-year-old compared to 32% in 
in the positive. That's not all. Overall, Harris received a net negativity rating of negative 17. That is the lowest net negative rating for a vice president in the history of the poll. Went up against the last four vice presidents during their tenures with Mike Pence at negative four in 2009. Joe Biden at plus one in December 2010. Dick Cheney at plus 23 in May of 2003. That's the 9-11 numbers there. And Al Gore at plus 20. Uh, plus 15 in March of 1995. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with this country? It's, Dick Cheney, you know, plus it was 2003. I mean, we were fucking winning the war in Iraq, apparently alongside Russia. Um, yeah. <laughs> we we got to play. I've got not remember to play that clip. Uh, White House Chief of Staff uh, Jeff Zients told Axios he meets with the vice president on a weekly basis to discuss ways to enhance her policy ideas and leadership while seeking to reverse her plunging popularity. <laughs> So I'm, I'm sure that's not the way that Jeff uh, Zients phrased it. But, you know, again, it's it's Breitbart. But right. uh, the NBC poll also found 68 percent of responders voiced major or moderate apprehension about Biden having this uh, the necessary mental and physical faculties to serve another four years. So, <laughs> he's got no faith in in that he can even physically do it. Um, so, yeah, speaking of uh, Iraq and uh, Russia, we had another clip you wanted to bring to our attention well yeah actually biden's keeping us informed uh, about what's going on with putin and russia right now so let's actually roll a clip of him uh getting interviewed uh seemingly on his way to to air force one or whatever marine one wherever the fucking helicopter is um but yeah so here let's play that tell but he's he's clearly losing the war in iraq he's losing the war at home and he has become a bit of a fly around the world uh, and it's not just NATO, it's not just the European Union, it's Japan, it's, it's you know, it's tell, but he's clearly losing the war. Sorry for that shrill noise. Um, we were talking yeah. about this off air. Like, why do they always have to do these interviews under the fucking rotor blades of a helicopter? Right. And I, I, I'm pretty sure it's they do that on purpose because it's just a matter of like, you know, it, it, it creates an unlistenable situation. So if there's a question, uh, that they don't want to answer, they can pretend they didn't hear it, and then sort of rush off. I gotta go. Uh, God bless America, and then you know, hop right. in the hop in the helicopter or whatever. Um, plus, it also creates the urgency of like, well, I'm not just going to stand here and talk to you forever. I've got that. important places to be. Right, right. Got to go meet with the fascist leader of India. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. So, so you know, but yeah. So uh, apparently, yeah, Biden's losing the war in Iraq. So that's unfortunate to hear because Putin, he spent Putin's you know, losing or, the war excuse me Iraq. yes well yeah. <laughs> even worse yeah no Putin's losing the war in Iraq well you know because he spent two trillion dollars there so uh that that's unfortunate to hear that 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 war is not going well but um yeah no I mean he's he's his fucking brain is 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 mush at this point we've we've showed countless examples he's we've seen countless examples um liberals still won't admit it and they still excuse it and pretend that it's like a stutter or fucking you know that he's just not a natural speaker, which is hilarious when you watch a clip of him from even 10 years ago when he was like, you know, doing the fucking uh, vice presidential debates uh, during 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 08 or even 2012. And you're just like, wow, this is not uh, the same person. Like he's got no fucking juice anymore whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Like he, I, I wouldn't watch one of the, the best uh, shit talkers. Yeah, I watched the the Joe Biden um, Sarah Palin debate yeah. at a uh, theater. Mm-hmm. that serves beer and it was standing room only and it was fucking hilarious <laughs> yeah but it was it was like there was so many people that were constantly laughing it was hard to hear what they were saying a lot of the time um 
So almost like, like you'd have to wait till there was like nothing funny happening, like to, to catch what they were about to say that would be funny. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, amazing experience. I was just like, this, this should be a debate every week. Why is there only one? Um, right. But yeah, absolutely hilarious. Uh, speaking of hilarious, we had a, another clip. This is actually an exclusive clip of Joe Biden. Yeah. No one else has heard this. This is a move left to idiots exclusive being heard here for the first time. Ashley, my God, he actually saved you. Hello, Father. Leon, so how did it go? Did you kill all of the villagers? No, I didn't kill a single one. Well, what's wrong, Leon? You love killing. Well, Mr. President, when I got to the village, I was prepared to kill them all. But something crazy happened. I was captured. Instead of killing me, they taught me their way of life. They took me in, and I became one of them. They weren't savages at all. They had books and toilets like normal, civilized humans. What the hell are you talking about? After living alongside them, I've learned about American imperialism and the role it's played in underdeveloped countries. What the fuck? I saw firsthand what our military-industrial <laughs> complex does to poor countries. The sheer destruction, exploitation, and humiliation. Jesus Christ, Leon. This is the fucking plot of Avatar. You can't be serious. I'm dead serious. And another thing, Joe. I'm done working with you or any other pawn of the American Empire. Get a grip. They kidnapped my fucking daughter. Ashley, please explain to him. Leon is right. The U.S. wasn't interested in saving me. They were only interested in obtaining the precious amber deep under the village. Ah, what the fuck is going on? We're just messing with you, Biden. Of course I killed them all. Oh, my <laughs> God, you motherfucker. You really got me there. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. You got fooled, old man. <laughs> <Dumbass> <laughs> but you uh, did get the uh, amber, right? Right? <laughs> I love I love Ashley with the, the the quiet dumbass motherfucker at the end. <laughs> oh man, that's great! Yeah, the, the the clip itself is like it looks like like a two thousand like a PS three video game you know cutscene. Oh yeah, um, no, it's it's great. Like really shitty you know body movement animation, but uh, the the audio is is good enough for that one. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the same guy that uh, did the you know the the Joe Rogan Ben Shapiro thing right the beach that makes you old or the yeah uh, i forget the other one that he did it was fucking hilarious but um, joey my broy <laughs> <laughs> so he he does um he does you know writes those scripts and has an ai all to the voice uh like this one but he's also doing ones where like with with matt walsh <clears throat> where he just takes the actual things matt walsh has actually said <laughs> and does like really detailed AI, uh, AI animation over top of it. And right. it's really fucking creepy because once you realize they're the actual things that Matt Walsh has said, but just with like this demonically evil animation, it makes it, it just makes it even more fucking crazy <laughs> to listen to. But yeah, but no, that's, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And we said this when we were talking about the, the, the Rogan AI stuff, it's like, it's not just that you can, you know, anyone can kind of program these things to do these things, but you have to actually have a good, uh sense of like like dialogue beat like like you know like the the, the way it should like hit. how they talk yeah i mean yeah, like their like their, the, their word like choice together funnily their cadence and everything the ai can make it sound like their voice but he's got to you know act it out and deliver it in a way that actually sounds like them and that's the thing that's right. so he does really fucking well <laughs> right no 100 um, percent. especially with this too that you know it's i i, I love how it just, you know he tries to make it sound like you know like bad 90s anime too you know, like the yeah. like the, the the timing and the pacing of people talking to each other sounds off. You know, like it's, it's so. Is that just a modulator? So he does the dialogue and it just modulates his voice to sound like yeah. The oh okay. So it's not. I thought it was like purely AI. Like 
no, 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 replicating the voice. Okay, so that makes sense. No, yeah, I mean it can it can alter the voice. To, it's like a deep fake, you know. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. not it's it's based off of something, right? It's not That's, um, out of nowhere. Yeah, 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 and that, and that makes sense. Why the the like the intonations aren't all fucking weird? Because if it was AI, it would be bizarre. Like the you know the way it would phrase words that actually makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, you're a little, uh, moved away from your mic a little bit. Kind of. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's, but that's cool. Um, <laughs> we finally figured out how to make the fucking, uh, the little voice changer thing from scream. Like how to make that an actual fucking thing. <sighs> Seriously. That people can do in real life. Like once they figure out how to mini mi- miniaturize that and make it handheld, they'll literally have the fucking little voice changer box that everyone uses in all the scream movies. Well, I mean, it's yeah. it's it's only good if you're a fucking funny person and know how to use it right. True, it's, true. You know, <laughs> um, speaking of people that are not funny, I saw this today, <laughs> or this is actually a couple of days ago, four days ago. Um, this is just so. This is one of the least funny pe- people uh, in broadcast um, sucking off Jimmy Fallon. The the other <laughs> worse. So. Oh let, let me just, I'll just read this here. This is a tweet from Rob Schneider. <laughs> Remember oh, him? Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, he's worse. His tweet was, just had a wonderful conversation, touching on as, uh, as many things as possible, like improving the human condition with one of the great, true, consistent champions of freedom, the brilliant Jimmy Dore. <laughs> <laughs> this ha- this man helped so many people like me navigate the craziness of the last three years. I guess the, the not the craziest craziness of the pandemic, the, the craziness of uh, taking people the pandemic seriously, respond, responding to right. the pandemic. Yeah. Right. You know, I can't I can't go down to my local chuckle heart and make my right wing friends laugh anymore. Right. I can't go get awkward fucking like jeers at the comedy store anymore because there's no no comedy. No comedy clubs are open. I was going to get roasted on on Comedy Central, but I couldn't because of the pandemic because right. of the lockdown. They were all going to send me off. So Jimmy Dore quote tweeted him and said, honored and thrilled to talk with the hilarious and talented Rob Schneider. <laughs> Who the fuck are you kidding, bro? Like, <laughs> has your stock really fallen that far that you got to say the hilarious it's, and talented Rob? Like, look at who you've become. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. It's, it's just like the, the tiny circle of people that will still go on his show. And he has to just, yeah, this is so honored and thrilled to talk with the hilarious and talented Rob Schneider. Such a great conversation with such a warm, intelligent and insightful comedian. I howled all the way through his new Comedy Central special. RobSchneider.com. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess no, not not Comedy Central. I guess it was. Uh, I guess it's on Netflix. I don't know. Yeah, I, I saw an ad for it somewhere, and it looked just aggressively unfunny. Like just the most, you know, I, I identify as an attack helicopter level, like just base fucking dumb right wing. Yeah, humor I, th- that, I think like, I saw just, the ad for that too. It was just, it... <laughs> and it was like this is the pull quote for like to get you to watch the special. I can't imagine how fucking interminable the rest of this thing is. Just nothing funny, like anywhere to be fucking seen. Hey, redditors! Hey, 4chan! What's your favorite comedian? Right? <laughs> could yeah. it could it be Rob Schneider? And there are much funnier right wing comedians, which is I know it's kind of an oxymoron, but I'm sure there are funnier right wing comedians than him. He's never been a particularly there's funnier, entertaining person, you know, in yeah. anything that he's ever been in. Yeah, I mean, I do. You remember what was the show with uh, Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew? Remember that that radio uh, show. Uh, yeah, 
it, vaguely. It was a nightly call in radio show in the late nineties where like teenagers could call and like ask questions about sex anonymously. And oh, Love Line? Love Line, yeah, there you go. And yeah, it was yeah. it was it was like I thought Adam Carolla was kind of funny on that show. He was droll. He wasn't trying to crack jokes that much, but I was like, he's got a good sense of humor. And now when I listen to him, I'm just like, oh God, he's this guy's terrible. Yeah. What, well, what guys is- like that, they always sort of toad like Dennis Miller is the same way where they sort of, I would say like huge conservative, but they were never like outright like, oh, yeah, the Republicans are awesome. You know, I fucking hate everything that's like forward thinking in society. And I think when you're very predisposed to that, like when you're a young comic, it just, you know, comics in general get more bitter and fucking, you know, insular typically when they get older, unless they turn to like megastars so i think it sort of feeds into that like well i guess i have to start playing you know to the only audience that'll fucking Seriously. have me at this point um but yeah you know it's, Dennis it makes Miller you glad that, bad with that it, yeah it makes you glad that bill hicks died young in a way <laughs> yeah you want you wonder how his politics would have evolved like i don't who knows i i just i feel like I feel he would have like been like been a Alex russell Jones. brand type yeah russell brand type yep yeah you just, know what i mean like we're still like there's still some semblance of like like a humanist like sort of leftism but like way too much fucking drifting towards the joe rogan you know sort of libertarian it's you know like a pandering type thing like it's just i feel like that's unfortunately probably what bill hicks would have become uh Mm. but you know it's hard to say it is hard to say although i think you know when he when he found out he had cancer he put out some of the best material he ever had done and he almost seemed like he was enlightened at that point right. like he just accepted everything and was just like i'm just it's all just a ride you know like that that phase it's, a, it's amazing career. how that sort of happens with with like really good art like warren zeon the same way like maybe the best album he ever put out just really introspective and and existential was the at last album he recorded right before he died of cancer uh which i don't even think came out until after he died like it, it, it's just a fucking tremendous tremendous cover of uh knocking on heaven's door by bob dylan uh but yeah, no, huh. for sure. Well, I'll tell you, it, it's it's really true, you know, that, you know, once you know you're going to die, you really put your life into focus and you really hone your craft because, you know, you only have so much time left. I mean, Marvin Gaye put out some of the best material of his life after he knew he was going to die. <laughs> um, yeah. He's like, Dad, uh, wait, wait, wait. Just, <laughs> wait, gotta, wait, wait, wait. Let me. I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta fucking lay the vocals down for what's going on. <laughs> all right. And then you can shoot me in the face. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, um, God. <laughs> going to hell for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of going to hell, I am just enamored with all of the fucking shitty, shitty movies coming out this summer. They're absolutely bombing at the box office. Although, I don't know. I've heard, I've heard some people say that, that Flash, people that actually went and saw Flash, uh, the five of them that did, um, <laughs> said it's actually pretty good. It's just that, you know, they can understand why nobody wants to go watch two Ezra Millers. Uh, right, right. Hey, you know that guy that's like a fucking complete like cartoon psycho menace like that's terrorizing you know multiple can states you, and countries can you call him a guy because i don't know, I don't oh, know. Yeah, I mean, you know that I person mean, that's like terrori- like like he, he's he's not a he, you know it was it was unintentional but you know what i mean like no, the, but the, i mean that person who's saying, terrorizing- even if somebody even if somebody wants you to call them them like he, he doesn't say that he's not a guy does he like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Not not touching that one. But anyway, yeah, like ima- imagine that person as the fucking well, Ezra Miller anchor. is playing a man 
a he in the movie. So it's yes. like when you're talking yes. about the character of the movie, it gets two fucking tricky. Barry Allens, you know, just right. right. <laughs> like, yeah, a double fuck it. But, you know, and I did want to see it and I still do. And I'll watch it for sure when it's like free. I'm not paying money to see this fucking <laughs> right. thing. But like when it's on HBO or whatever, yeah. I'll for sure watch it because. I love I love you know the fucking Tim Burton Batman movies Batman yeah Returns, well you, you like tremendous. you like to DC comics and I kind of don't really care that much for them I mean I, I love the Batman the the Matt Reeves Batman oh, tremendous yeah it's it's like a different world like like I forget that that's the part of the DC universe because it's and so, it's not even part so of good. like they're they're you know they're not they're they're letting that be it's stand standalone sort of else worlds which is smart like I I don't want to see Robert yeah. Pattinson in that super dark crime drama gritty fucking realistic world getting you know dragged into the new superman movie that's coming out or the new fucking no. blue beetle movie and matt reeves wouldn't do that he would no, he's not no, gonna I make any because they said hey you want to make a dcu dcu movie and he's like absolutely not they're like what right. do you want to make he's like well let me tell you so they little have total total creative freedom on that but as bad as the as that movie did the flash that only did they were predicting 70 million its opening weekend and it only did 55 million. Um, it had a 72% drop in sales its Oof. second week. That, that movie did that's not, not make even its as money back. <laughs> that's not even as bad as the Green Lantern for a yeah. second week drop. Yeah. This no, movie that's... is going to lose. It's projected to lose $200 million. Right. Yeah. And this uh... is this is Warner Brothers that's already $40 billion in debt. They're about to sell off their entire music publishing catalog. I, it, I've never seen a least a less successful fucking takeover of of an entertainment company in my life than David Zaslav taking over fucking Warner Brothers. Did you see that uh, video I sent you? Discovery merger. It, so yeah, it was reported that um, Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, and Paul Thomas Anderson, my personal favorite director of all time, Paul Thomas Anderson, who just uh, turned fifty three. They all went together in person to meet this this guy Zavlov, uh, yeah, whatever his name is, yeah, because they're basically they gutted Turner Classic Movies. Well, from... they they were going to shut it down completely, for, like initially. It seems really? like like they were they, they they were that's like to the point where they were basically going to shut the network down. And yeah, and then the three you know three of the best modern fucking living directors and three of the best directors of show all up time. to your office personally in person <laughs> to kick your fucking ass. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I just imagine it was just over the top cartoon, like high fidelity, drop an air like an air conditioner <laughs> on his head level, fucking like. <laughs> you know, Seriously, like, you're about to find out what, a little bit. what pure cinema is, motherfucker. <laughs> and and I I don't know how to what level it's sticking around, but it seems like it. They, what they ever they did actually did the trick because now there's some big like announcement about like a curated programming block from Martin Scorsese and Steven Spielberg. We're taking like, this ship over. I'm look, look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> right though, no, they literally are the captain now to him. Um, but no, I mean, Turner Classic Movies is, is is a fucking amazing network. You know, it's it's the the closest thing we had uh, on television before. You know, home video was so ubiquitous to a sort of you know like a Criterion Collection uh, channel, basically. You know, yeah. before streaming existed. So I mean, to yeah, to get rid of Turner Classic Movies because you want to fucking you know pinch pennies and you're you know again, this is why entertainment companies the death knell of. Uh, entertainment in general even though obviously millions of like good hours of entertainment have been made since but the i think the 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 beginning of the end for entertainment was when these entertainment companies started 
merging with like telecoms companies and all any anytime an entertainment company becomes publicly traded you know via merger or via acquisition or whatever uh it, it's just a completely cross purpose with with what the whole idea of of art is supposed to be like the the, the art is not supposed to be d- created to make money like that's <clears throat> right the whole reason ai well, is never whole... gonna actually catch on because that's not <laughs> no the whole point of fucking movies and music is to you know mutually vibe with somebody's art that they created like to, to well, they already use ais in all you know maybe not even ais but just they use like a you know you know the thing they'll do where they're you know if they want to make a hit song, they'll look at like the top 100 hit songs and like yeah. what their track length was and then go, OK, what's the average track length of all these tracks? And right. that, that'll be the exact track. length. what was what was the you know, what was the tempo of the top 10, you know, you know, top top charting songs last year? And we'll average them together, and that'll be the tempo of the song. Was that that fucking you know? Billy Joel line from that that song, The Entertainer? Like, it was a, it was a beautiful song, but it ran too long. If you want to hit, you got to make it fit. So they cut it down to three Oh five or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just such a funny fucking line. But uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's what the entertainment industry is in a nutshell. Like, Hey, well, this great expression of your fucking soul that you bared. That's like five minutes long. We need that to be, you know, a minute and 50 seconds shorter because it's uh, a little too long to get some radio play without us having to grease <clears> the wheels. Well, and you, and you recall, it's called Turner Classic Movies because it was started by Ted Turner, who founded right. CNN as a passion project, you know, right, of, of his. Right. And uh, I, but I feel he like kind of fucked up though, because in the, the early '90s, do you remember this when they started to colorize classic black and white movies? And yeah, people yeah, lost yeah, their yeah. fucking minds over yeah, it. Yeah, they stopped doing that real fast. Yeah, yeah. No, it looked was... like shit too, because like, you know it, it, the it, technology. Now you could probably do it well. Like the technology back then was fucking garbage, though. It was very yeah. you know, <laughs> very a, bare bones. A fucking Macintosh Apple II or some shit like that. <laughs> right, like that. right. No. Uh, yeah, Ted Turner. Ted Turner was great because he was a billionaire, but he was also like sort of like for sure the most left wing billionaire that's kind of ever existed, and he was also sort of like out of his mind. So he would just do shit that was like completely against, you know, like profitability for his yeah. company. And, yeah. You know. I mean, Jane Fonda married him, so he can't be too not far to the left. <laughs> no, I mean, he, he was, a, he was a big environmental. Like he, he, he genuinely was a pretty far as far in terms of like billionaires. I don't know how he made his money. If he was like an oil tycoon or some shit, but for sure, for sure. He, he supported like good causes later in his life. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately he was playing in a world where, you know, no matter what, when you need to sort of, you know, take a walk into the sunset, your company is going to get taken over by the, the fucking jackals that run every other entertainment company who just care about quarterly profits and, you know, destroying everything you try to build. Well, before we get out of here, we should mention a couple of things about the SCOTUS rulings today. Do you have a chance to, to look over any of that? Not really. I, I saw some of that while I was over. I do, I do know they basically sort of gutted affirmative action as we know it in uh, in college admissions. So I'm sure that's going to, you know, extend anywhere else that that sort of uh, exists. But, you know, there's no racism anymore or anything like that. So I'm sure that's fine. It's I don't think that's a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had a couple of quotes here from um, the let's see, uh, Lieutenant Governor of Virginia had some some great things to say about ending affirmative action. Uh, Winsome Sears, Harold Scotus ruling. She says, China isn't playing these stupid games on race. <laughs> like, what? 
<laughs> How did that? Fa- I mean, for one thing, it's uh, 1.4 billion people of all the same race. So I, don't I was going to say, what what is the diversity level that they have to deal with in like Chinese college admissions? Like, I can't imagine it's nearly as a, you know diverse of a country as as we. I mean, maybe that's totally wrong of me to say, but I, I don't know. Like, I, like it, is is China winning the critical race theory war against us because we're right. not? They they, like, they haven't like forced a bunch of people to come here and work for you know. It, it's yeah. I, so I think she's saying that like you know China's our enemy. And they're not wasting time on this. So we need to not waste time on this because we're losing the the war of the thing in my head that I made up. Right. Um, yeah. So this, this, this woman is, is a black woman. <laughs> so they oh, found, geez. they found their token down there in, in, uh, in Virginia. She said, she said, this is, this is her next pull quote. White husband for sure. Uh, I looked that up and turns out no, but here's the interesting part is that it, the information about her husband is very murky. Uh, <laughs> like apparently they started the, the article said they started uh, dating when they were young adults. So you can read in, uh, read into that, whatever you want. Um, but all here is the psycho fucking like violence playing in my head. right now. <laughs> and, but oh, here, here's God. the other thing is uh, there's apparently no public record of their marriage because the article said that it wasn't, it wasn't clear when they got married. So Gee, I wonder why that is. I'm sure that's not a, a, an intentional level of murkiness to cover up for the fact that he was probably uh, a legal adult and she probably wasn't by the time they got married. I'm I'm pretty sure that's what that means. Yeah, no, that's for sure what that means. He was 19 and she was 16 or 15. I like, mean, he, he looks you know. like he's about the same age, but like they're in their late 50s, early 60s. So like there could still be a, a huge difference in their ages, but I could not find his age listed anywhere online. So I don't I don't know for sure. But yeah, when you when you're when the record of a of a public figure's marriage is not public, that means it's a sealed record, right? <laughs> yeah. And you have to you have to petition a court to issue a marriage license in secret like that. That's what that means. It's it's called a secret marriage. That's what courts call it. Um, and you have to have a hearing and you have to explain why you want to have a secret marriage, right? So hmm. there was there was something going on there now in in Virginia. So this 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 is this is the, the fucking this is the byline of the article. Now this is from Fox News, so this is catnip uh, for their readership. But this so this the subheading is her first quote. Sears said the slaves did not die in the fields, so we could be uh, saying in this century that we are victims. Wow. The Clarence Thomas defense. That's that's a good that's a good uh you know, invoke slavery to explain why you're doing this really racist fucking thing that white people really want to do. That's yeah. It's just you know, if if slavery still existed, I would tell you cuz I'm a black lady, right? So all you, all you people that think racism doesn't exist anymore, I'm your spokesperson. It's just so gross. Imagine being the person that like does that fucking gross fucking work and that gross business on behalf of like the most racist fucking people in the world. Like, it's, it's Sam Jackson and Django Unchained. It's, it literally like, is. No, it it's literally your, fucking Steven. And, and yeah. Yeah. It becomes your passion <laughs> life. So Virginia governor, uh, sorry, Virginia Lieutenant governor Winston Sears heralded the Supreme court's decision, rejecting the racially sensitive admissions policies of Harvard and the university of North Carolina saying it was an awesome day in America. Sears noted she is a high-level black official in a former capital of the Confederacy, asserting that that in itself shows the U.S.'s dynamic uh, 
has changed since America's 19th century racial nadir. The former West Virginia Beach State delegate told the story, said the court's ruling shows that skin color games don't work. The, the skin color games. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Playing skin color games. I guess that's what they call playing the race card now. Is that? Yeah. No, they, 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 that's, that's such a 90s term, playing the race card, so they can't use that anymore. No. No, they, they, they had to come up with a new one, but it's yeah. So I, I just I was just like, how how deep does this go with her? And I went to her I went to her uh, Twitter page and the first thing I saw uh, just here was uh, news that um, Democratic Party Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro defends school choice, school vouchers. Yep. yep. Demo- Democrat yep. governor of Pennsylvania supports school vouchers. Least surprising thing in the world, but yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, said every child of God deserves quality education. Oh, oh, child of God. Okay. Yep. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so he said, we've got to invest more in our children, not less. The Pennsylvania governor declared on America's newsroom. So this is, he went on Fox. Democratic governor goes on Fox, says, let me just say in general, I believe Every child of God deserves a shot here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And one of the best ways we can guarantee their success is making sure every child has a quality education. I've been very clear that I'm open to that concept that you described a moment ago, but I've also made it crystal clear that I won't take a dollar out of our public schools in order to achieve that. So how does how does that all just take dollars that never are going to make their way to public schools, but should and then put that towards that to achieve that. So so do do people still have to pay their taxes for public schools and then they get a voucher? Like, is that you're just giving them free welfare to put into public schools? Right. To funnel into into private schools that are that are fucking, you know, uh, like where where is that money going to come from for those quote unquote vouchers? If, if, If it's not coming out of the education budget where is it coming from and how do i get some of it like because i'm i want to go to the school of the flying spaghetti monster so where's right. my fucking voucher <laughs> like right. it's 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 nonsensical he's just trying to no, play it's, 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 you have to go to one of the accredited non-accredited <laughs> you know fucking uh private schools that are charter schools that are uh that are donating to these guys to get you to pretend like they're real schools that that should be you know, taken seriously yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so the other SCOTUS ruling today, the big one, um, was over religious freedom in your place of work. Uh, and this mm. was a case where a guy was a mailman that didn't want to work on Sundays because that's the Sabbath. So I, 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 I didn't think the mail was delivered on Sunday anyhow, but apparently he worked in a rural post office and they could not give him a whole day off on that day they needed him to work yeah they do amazon delivery on sunday now oh really that's yeah. fucking t- t- oh my yeah. god when i was briefly trying to work at the post office that was that was something they mentioned that that's like a non-negotiable thing if you get hired like the new hires like have to do the sunday fucking Ugh. amazon fuck that yeah nightmare what fucking. is what does the fucking postal union say about that well i mean but it, it you know, ultimately, the unions at the end of the day are going to protect the people who are there longer. So when you do start, they, that's the kind of yeah, thing that no, they would, that they would shunt to the grunt, you know, to the new kind of like, yeah. you know, pay your dues type thing. No, I get that. I get that. So but the scariest part of this is what it could mean for people who work in medical pref- professions that do not want to do things like uh, hand over prescriptions for contraceptives. 
at a pharmacy. Yeah, which like literally is, goes against what you're with the, the fucking you know the fact that you're licensed as a medical you know practitioner of of you know pharmacy like that's not uh, something that should be obviously allowed. But no, um, I mean if if this if you have to work on Sunday at the post office, then uh, if you're working in a pharmacy, part of your job is you got to hand over the fucking pills that have been prescribed. Yeah, right. Um, well, it's, it's 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 dicey too because in farmland, I worked at pharmacy for like fucking 15 years before i'm you know doing what i'm doing now um there is some built-in protection in the law for pharmacists to not fill prescriptions at their own discretion but it's there to be used if you you know are if a prescription is suspect and you think that it was like a forged prescription you can refuse to fill it in the moment then you have to follow up you know on the back end but you there is some built-in and i'm sure that they use that to stretch the definition, you know, of, of why they can refuse to fill a prescription um, to, to include this bullshit reason. So I'm, I, I wouldn't be shocked if that was sort of part of their justification for this ruling. Yeah, it will be because all these things are being brought by right wing activists. So I have mm-hmm. a quote here from uh, Elizabeth Sepper, a law professor at the University of uh, Texas at Austin, an expert on religious liberty. So uh, not not in a a bad way, actually. So she said, uh, we should not overlook that the Christian conservative legal movement who brought this or is who brought this case. And what they want is to allow pharmacists to refuse to fill prescriptions for contraception, teachers to misgender their students and Christians to proselytize to their coworkers. She said. So, yeah, that's the end game here. Like this. They won't stop trying to push more and more and more. Uh, until, I mean, it's until it's handmaid's tale. I mean, I hate to say it, but that's, yeah, that, no, that is that's what they the would goal. want it to do if they could do it. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's, you know, what do you do? I mean, you, you think, you think Joe Biden's going to stop Trump from appointing more fucking, I mean, if anything, Trump might be like, you know, the last time I appointed judges, I didn't think they were that fucking crazy. I thought they were just faking it to get on the fucking bench. And because uh, you remember, he said that he was very worried that overturning Roe v. Wade would be bad for him. Uh, right, politically. right. Yeah, it's hard. And it's really hard to say if he wins, like what what his second term would be like, because there's no fear of not getting reelected because he can't <laughs> run again. Um, but it is hard to say if he would actually go at it. I just feel like he'd just be kind of bored and wouldn't give a shit and would just want to sit in the fucking white house for four years and not really do much would be kind of my initial thought of what he would do. I don't think he cares about, yeah, you know, any of the policies, nor does he care about his legacy necessarily um, because he's a fucking, you know, all time sleazeball. So I doubt he's like super concerned about the way he's going to be remembered. I think he probably would just like, you know, it's four years of, kind of having a almost a get out of jail free card for all like the little petty crimes that he keeps getting <laughs> like, I've got to I've got to get back in office so I can pardon myself shit <laughs> like literally I would like <laughs> yeah he's going to write a law I, par- I I hereby pardon Donald Trump for once uh and future crimes for all current I mean, and past and I mean, future crimes it's not like they could convict him of anything and have him in jail before the next election um but let's say somehow that they did yeah, as we've said before, as we looked it up on on one of our episodes, you know, it was what was it um, Eugene Debs, fucking Eugene Debs, ran for who jail. 
ran uh, ran ran for president from jail ran for jail yeah. uh, ran for president from <laughs> he jail ran for warden of the fucking prison he was incarcerated <laughs> right, right. <laughs> there's there's no way we can stop him he's the warden yeah, now yeah. just lets right. everybody out <laughs> communism <laughs> himself right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean it's like if trump somehow could become president and he was in jail he could just pardon himself and just walk out of the jail there's nothing anyone could do no, hundred percent. Right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, the, the, I'm sure it's like one of those legal gray areas, but I'm also sure it's one of those things where it's like, well, it's not like he can't do that, so I guess he's doing it, and then it would just be done, and it would be like, all right, well, I guess this is a thing now. Um, Who but, do you think you know. he get to run with him this time around? Oh, right, obviously because it's not Pence because he hates his fucking guts, and they've been pretty public about that. Uh, or DeSantis, yeah. he would never pick one of the people he ran with. No, no, him. right. He, he he loathes those people. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. That's actually an interesting. It's probably going to be somebody female or not white because they'll they'll do that. They'll do that just as like a, you know, a funny like, uh, see, I'm, I'm also like right, I'm trying to. Right. You know, I, yeah. So I don't know who. Uh, I don't You know, what, probably. It would probably be one of the fucking lunatics, uh, like either Bobert or or Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm sure they're both fucking, you know, he would never do right now. He would never do Marjorie Taylor Greene because her eyes are too close to together on her face. Uh, <laughs> no, Bobert, he would, Bobert, he would maybe. do Bobert, yeah, because he would, yeah, and that would be the immediate. He would you know. go for the gilf factor on her, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely likes his gilfs. Yeah, uh, yeah. this 29 year old <laughs> grandmother's, <laughs> yeah, whatever the fuck age she is, but yeah. Um, who knows? Maybe yeah. his own daughter. <laughs> she seems halfway I, I competent. Would, I, I wouldn't put it past him, honestly. No. I mean, he, I could trust it, her. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the only people he's not going to fuck him. Like, yeah. Well, as as oh. much as he wishes she would, he, you know, in more ways than one. Uh, yeah. She, no, she'll, uh, she, she would. I don't think she, I don't think she would ever want to, right? Other than just to, you know, be around it. But I don't no, know. It's God, just interesting. I, I, speculating yeah. on that one. Yeah. Because it's, um, it's going to well, happen. It's, I was gonna say it's gonna happen, so for sure, you know, it's gonna we'll, we'll find out, and I, I I suspect our uh, predictifying will be pretty close to the uh, to what actually happens. But uh, God, what a nightmare <laughs> this country is! And it's just it's like it it if if you had if the Democrats would let somebody popular run and wouldn't sabotage them, they wouldn't have to worry about Donald Trump. Ever. And the problem is that there's just nobody left at this point. I mean, Bernie, you know, is maybe the only one who's left, but even he's burnt a lot of his goodwill with his former sort of base. I still think he'd he'd be the most popular option, but sure, there's nobody fucking filling that bench. There's nobody backfilling him when he's when he finally retires or mm. or you know moves on. Uh, but I don't I, think his wife would let him run for president again, no matter how much he wanted to. No, and, and he would honestly. No he'd be stupid to run at this point because he's not willing to do the thing that he needs to do to win. And like, I, why put everyone through that again? Like if you're not going to like, if they fuck him a third time, which they absolutely would, you're not going to do the thing required to actually win. So like, why, you know, at that point, why even bother kind of is, is sort of how I feel about it. But uh, you know, Cornell, look, Cornell West is the only person that that that's running that I'm actually like, all right, I would absolutely love a Cornell West presidency. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, they'll they'll it, force obviously. him to drop out well before election day. They'll they'll 
Uncle Barry's going to call him up on the phone and say, he's never been a huge Obama fan, though. Like, Oh, uh, I know that. But if, if, if Obama calls imagine. you and tells you this is how it's going to be, I, I feel like there's a Short level of, like, of persuasion there behind the know. words, not just I, that he likes them or not. I'd, I'd actually be shocked if he left the ticket, like left the Green Party ticket, like assuming he's going to win their, you know, go, primary. Go back to the People's Party. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, no. I, I would be shocked if he dropped out, honestly, unless you know for some other reason. But I, I think he'll stick around. I think he'll probably pull one, two percent, maybe three percent, depending on the state. Yeah. Uh, and and Democrats will blame him for Joe Biden losing uh, because Joe Green Biden's Party will awful. once again. Green Party will once again not win a single electoral college vote. And we'll still be blamed for yep. whatever loss the Democrats have. That's yeah. just the, the so mentality. So that'll be fun. You know, I, I hope he stays in for that reason alone. Because yeah, I yeah, would love to hear fucking uninformed idiots opining on things they don't understand for another four years. That'll be fun. Um, oh, one last little but, fact uh, here. Uh, the I forgot to mention this. That um, so the Flash, even though it was the number one movie two weeks ago, only took in fifty-five million dollars, which is laughable. And then drops seventy two percent in sales, which is like most movies have about a fifty percent drop off. But if they did good the first week, then that's not a problem, right? That means right. they they're still gonna you know keep going. But that's a huge huge drop off, especially for a film that already was bombing, right? Right, right. But you know what movie what movie moved back up into first place this week? No, was. Spider-Man across oh. the Spider-Verse. Yeah. <laughs> so so the, the idea that people are just burnt out on superhero movies is not true. They're burnt out on on miscast leads in movies uh, and just bad movies, right? Word I, of mouth I think there, gets around. There is some level of superhero fatigue, but there's the, the truly exceptional movies that I think break through that. I think there's been that for like the last five six years but then you get a movie like the batman and you're like okay this is just fucking incredible like of course this is right well because it had know, batman regardless in it. it was a batman right. movie that had batman in it right and now all we have are avengers movies with no avengers in them <laughs> right so it's like it's which like, is just the most bizarre fucking strategy from all of all time from marvel to just unilaterally disarm like i get like uh, most of those people didn't want to do movies any didn't want to do these movies anymore but like to not like backfill them and like keep the sort of like to start a second wave of like, let's build up to another Avengers. And like, I know they're sort of doing that, but like, I don't know. I yeah, feel like the, well, the, the path they took was not the they smartest. Got a, they got a Hail Mary with uh, the, the news on Jonathan Majors yesterday. Um, we didn't really talk about that. Uh, I don't think we talked about that at all, really. Um, no, so ba- no, basically, no, it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, I don't know if, the woman that accused him actually got arrested, but apparently the, the police put out some kind of statement saying they have probable cause to arrest her based on the evidence that was submitted that shows that she was the one beating up him, not the other way around, apparently. So it sounds like maybe it's a Johnny Depp, Amber Heard kind of situation where, yeah, I don't know. But uh, I, I think Disney learned their lesson from firing James Gunn too soon and then regretting that. Uh, right, because now he's going to make your fucking competitors, you know, new universe. Not that it seems to, not, not that it's going to go that well, but I mean, I, in fairness to him, like he sort of inherited this movie as like a finished product. It's not really a an indicator of what he would do with with the DC movies. Oh, I mean, you're talking of, about James Gunn again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't care what he does. I just I think it's hilarious how Disney's like, 
holding its breath. <laughs> um, they haven't released like the Avengers assembled, you know, making of documentary for uh, Ant-Man three yet because Jonathan majors would be <laughs> in a lot of it. Yeah. So they haven't released that yet, even though it's been, it's been finished for a while. Um, but they haven't fired him, even though his, his publicist and his, his talent agency, uh, dropped him. Um, but yeah, now it looks like, uh, he might be making a comeback if this, uh, if this pans out and it turns out that she was the one who was assaulting him and not the other way around. But you know, it's, it's, it's like people want to go still see good Avengers movies and they wanted that, you know, that build up that we got with the first two waves or whatever. But I think that's why they're, they're spending so much time trying to do all this fucking multiverse shit because they know that's the only way that they can, you know, realistically recast Iron Man and Thor and all these actors that were really good. that are done with it. Plus they tie, you get to tap into the nostalgia of like, Hey, remember this movie that wasn't really that good, but you really love. Cause you saw it when you were 14, yeah. you know, like, like that. Pe- people, you know, people even just wanted to see like Tom Cruise as Iron Man in like an alternate universe for a few minutes just to be like, Oh, Hey, look at that Iron Man again. Right. Right. He like was that, cast as Iron Man or whatever. There like, was yeah, rumors right. about it. Yeah. There was a lot of rumors about who might be in the, in the multiverse of four, four different universes that were all just different versions of New York city. <laughs> so right. like completely imaginative as if like multiple universes wouldn't be like, like we'd still have the same, like basic structure of the United States, even though everything else is fucking like different, an like, infinite just... number of different universes, but every planet and every galaxy is in the exact same spot at the exact same time. Right. Capitalism exists in all of them. There's still, you know, fucking big buildings and restaurants and more or less the same, you know, the, like markers of, of, you know, American society that you'd expect, but just completely different people and circumstances somehow arrived at the same spot. Three billion stars per galaxy, about 13 billion galaxies in the universe. And there's five magical stones that are all on one fucking solar system. <laughs> right. Or, or the idea that even like in multiple universes that we'd even evolve in the same way that we would all just be, you know, humans like evolve the way that we it, it's just, yeah, the whole idea of like actual multiverse, like if it if it did exist or if it does exist, whatever. It's like there's no way like you'd be like they'd be so indistinguishable from one another to some it would be, to some extent. You know, I mean, that's like if there was a every single atom, every single molecule moving randomly in space, bumping into something else would would basically cause a completely separate universe. If that's the way right, that, you know, quantum right. theory actually works. Right. So it would just be infinity after infinity, after infinity, after infinity. You know, I mean, that's why they're called the infinity stones, right? Cause they go on. <laughs> I don't know, whatever, but it's just, it's just like such a weird, <coughs> weird concept to me. A no, narrow version, you know, like, of, of you know, yeah. and then this whole thing with like the, the secret invasion show started on, on fucking Disney plus, which I didn't really want to talk about it, but it's like, I watched the first two episodes and it's so bland. It's so disappointing, except for Don Cheadle, who's great in it, but it's these aliens called the, whatever they're fucking called the shapeshifter scrolls or whatever. Yeah. I don't know who cares. Um, I, I really, it's, it's just like, it's not interesting to me. And, but the premise is, is there's like a terrorist cell of these aliens of that are really mad at Nick Fury. Cause it's still 2004. Right. Know? Cause he, he, Nick Fury in this flashback scene, cause he, they de-aged him again, just like Captain Marvel, um, promises to find them a home world of their own. But I guess he forgot to, or he didn't. 
but he has a, his space friend, Carol Danvers, who can literally fly around the entire galaxy. And it's like, it would take her like five minutes to find them another fucking planet. What the <laughs> fuck right. are these? Like, are they pr- pretending like, oh, we looked all over, but we couldn't find anything because we're, you know, we only have space flight and a person that can fly around at the speed of light who could find you one, but she didn't really want to either because she's Brie Larson. She doesn't really care about anybody. So yeah, kind of a dick. Yeah, sorry. It's, just, it's like <laughs> the whole premise of the show makes no sense that that they couldn't, you know, oh, everywhere we looked, we only found violence. I'm like, okay, wh- what? Why? Did you, you weren't any planets? How hard did you look like? Right. We just, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a storyline that I just don't care about. No. And I, I know they're kind of doing more like a, like a spy thriller kind of thing. Um, it's just, it's, they're, they're fucking washed. The only thing that's going to save them for their series is, is once, if they don't fuck it up too bad, once daredevil and like the punisher and all those shows start kind of, God, coming back because that's like you know casting that they got right and a tone that they got right so as long as they don't try to change the tone of it i mean uh, they already they already have been fucking with it the the kingpin visit not shows up right at the end of the the hawkeye show and i like the hawkeye show but the tone of that show does is not compatible with the kingpin as he was like in in theory i mean that is its own sort of like show that existed in the sort of disneyfied marvel verse versus like Hopefully they understand the the appeal of the original Daredevil series and aren't going to try to do that to it. But it is Disney, so you never fucking know. Well, that's um, the thing, because you can go on Disney Plus and watch those shows, but you have to like go to a website and like unlock the parental controls. It's like right, it's like the fucking your like account. your cable box in the in the nineties where you have right. to like put in the fucking passcode. It's, it's like I'm not a parent, so why are there parental controls limiting my account? <laughs> right. Like, right. Sh- shouldn't I have to go in there if I want to block it? Yes. From my yes, kids, I shouldn't right. have to. It shouldn't be a thing I have to to opt into to figure out the fucking yeah way Seriously, to unblock. Like, yeah. They, you know, they Disney considers those shows to be rated R. And, and, you know, I would agree, but, like, why can't, you know, <laughs> why is, what, yeah. Make the people that had a life mistake of a child have to go and figure that shit out. <laughs> Don't make me have to do it. That's that's their whole industry is people who've made that mistake. That's that's what their fucking industry is built on. So it's, I can only know. hang out with other people that made the same life mistake as me. <laughs> their whole industry is distracting that mistake for, you know, two to three hours a day so you can actually get something done. <laughs> Seriously. That's what it's built on. Um, uh, all right, well, let's, we're, let's get out of here because yeah, it's late. But, uh, but yeah, no, uh, yeah. If you like the show, rate, review, subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com/slash/moveleft, Facebook.com/slash/moveleftidiots, uh, Patreon.com/slash/moveleft. I am on Twitter at move underscore left. I'm not. <laughs> God damn it! Two weeks in a row, I fuck it up. I'm on Twitter at bike slutty. Goodbye. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Dark of the moon I planted But there came an early snow 
Both gonna go 